Thanks for listening to the audio of 717 Church. This is a place where we continually strive to worship Jesus as the King with our lives, wreck our personal kingdoms to build His kingdom, and live out God's Word in the way that we interact with others. For more information, please visit 717.church. Good morning. We are the Sensenig family, Andy, Krista, Bella, Lydia, and Brett. When we first visited here um, and the family came up to read, I leaned over to my family and said, we will never do that. (laughs) But luckily, Lydia was willing out of the six of us to bail us out and make us look better than what we really are. What? And Owen. Our oldest son, Owen, is not here. It's probably why, because we're up here. Matthew 26, 28, 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. All right, so I want to invite Matt up here with us. Um, Today, we're going to take some time, and um, we as a church want to make sure we put as much information in your hands as possible. And uh, we thought, what better time at the beginning of the year than uh, to kind of hand you some information. So Matt's going to walk through, uh, as one of our elders, a financial piece of not only where we're at, but where we're headed. And uh, Pastor Rick is down with family in Memphis, Tennessee. He did not invite me. Uh, and then Pastor John is actually got great opportunity. To, well, he was going to see the Jets, so it's not that great. But he's with his family in a box uh, having a great time together. So they are not able to make it with us. So they would normally be up here with us. But uh, we're going to give you some information. Then we're going to walk through our values together and kind of set out where we're headed for uh, 2024. And uh, if you want, if you have your phone. We're going to walk through a couple things. So you might need your phone so you can happy to get those out, but we won't be on them a crazy amount also. So I'll turn it over first to Matt. You're going to stay here, right? Because I may have questions for you through this. Yeah, just absolutely. Stuff. I'm not leaving you. Okay. Appreciate that. That's right. Um, first, thanks everyone for being here. We weren't sure. Like we actually audible. This was not supposed to be this Sunday. Um, and we had a, an elder meeting, whatever it was, Wednesday. Tuesday or Wednesday Mm -hmm. of this past week. And um, as part of that, we decided that, you know, we really need to set out, we had committed to to giving you a financial update this week. Um, And I think the values piece, and you'll see why as we get into this a little bit, the values piece really, really ties into that financial piece. And so it was important for us to come back and circle back and revisit those values as a part of the conversation about finances. I am happy to say that, can you put up the first slide? So this, um, and I'll step aside here a little bit. This is not a picture of the financial situation for many churches, Um, especially churches that are in their infancy, so one year. Um, A lot of that 413,000 of income was due to some large gifts that were given as part of startup. We were not sure what the, in December of 2022, we were really, really not sure what 717 was going to look like. Um, We were not sure where we were going to be meeting. List track came up. We walked through that. We were blessed by those, those folks to, to be able to worship there and, and meet there at no cost, uh, which allowed some of this to happen. Um, The other piece of that is we were really, really operating. This will be the first year in year two where we're operating with a true budget because we were trying to get our arms around the financial piece of the, of what the church was going to be and how God was going to use that. So this is not a normal picture. And to be honest with you, um, and, and Jared would know this, and, and the other elders, I've said it a lot. This picture makes me really uncomfortable because we are not the bank of 717. <laughs> so it is not our job as a church to just hoard 
these large sums of money and hold them in perpetuity to till God. Well, in some ways it is, but until there's this giant vision and then we have, we're sitting on hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, as a best practice, it is, depending on who you talk to and depending on what the size of your church is, they suggest that you keep anywhere between um, three and six months of cash reserves. Um, COVID was a, a good picture of why churches should do that. Um, so what we have done as part of this is we currently have uh, $100,000 set aside in a money market account for that reason. So there's 125-ish that we're sitting on right now that is not in that money market um, that acted as a budget surplus in 2023. That's going to be important as we get into the next slides here, um, and, and I'll explain why. But the goal really is to bless God's people and God's children and figure out what that looks like and how we are different than other churches in that way. And, and our model of doing that is, is what Jer will get into. Mm -hmm. um, but it really, really is a testament to your faithfulness and giving that it looks like this mm -hmm. and gives us an opportunity to, to do some things going into uh, 2024 and 2025 that we otherwise would not have been able to do. Amen. So this is the picture of 2023. Uh, can you bring up the next slide? So um, as a as a part of this, and these are just I can I can uh, confirm that these are not just what the budget looks like. Under each one of those categories, there's other line items within there. Um, when you look at the staffing piece as a, a point of that, currently we have two staff members, Shauna and Jer, both on staff, Jer full-time. Shauna teeters around 17 or so hours a week. It's more than that, but that's what she tells me it is. <laughs> and she only tells me what it is because I've told her she has to. Um, so as a piece of that, that staffing component is not just salary, it's also professional development and that sort of thing. Um, we have all stepped into roles within this church and um, we need to continue to develop professionally, both Shauna and Jer and anyone who would be in here into the future. And I would hold our group leaders in that as well, although they're not part of um, the staffing component of making sure that we are, we are growing so that we can help the kingdom grow. Amen. and God's children grow. So that's a piece of that. So you'll notice um, the percentages and then what the numbers look like in there. The budgeted expenses you'll see are um, 315,000 for this coming year. You'll see the projected revenue is down. Um, that is because we're not anticipating those large startup gifts that we had received last year. So it's intentionally lower, but we still are budgeting uh, a budget surplus for, for 2024, which again, as we get into this, you'll, you'll um, see why that becomes important. But you'll see the big items in here that I think are, are really, really key and some of the things that make us different. Um, and Shawnee, you'll have to help me or Jer on this because I, the graph thing that I printed out is way too small for me to read the, the line items. But under discipleship, does that include Kids and kids and students. Kids and students as yep. well. Yep. Okay. So the discipleship piece of it is going to be a really, really big component. That also includes um, formed, which I'm sure you will hear more about in 2024, which is a discipleship track type that that is being led through the church. Uh, and then there is a renewed focus uh, on our students and our students. I would include our students both you know, infant the whole way up through. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really, really important for that to be a component of what we do as we look at building the kingdom and building um, strong, strong kids and, and youths for the Lord. Uh, and then the giving piece of it. So we have committed to giving away 10%. So it's our tithe, essentially. So we all tithe to the church. We thought that it would be a really, really good thing for us to build into our budget that tithe. Um, I think there, are we handing out things as people leave? Mm -hmm. Okay, so there are going to be sheets of paper as you leave that will show you exactly what the financial piece has done 
in the community in 2023, but uh, we have given money away. And I think our challenge is in the budget going forward is that while giving money away to nonprofits is a really, really good thing and they need it, they absolutely, absolutely need it. When you talk about how you dig deep roots into the community, it's not just that piece of it. It's how do we get you all as the church body involved with the community, locking arms with fellow believers, not in this church, fellow believer, fellow unbelievers, right? Mm -hmm. People who are un unchurched. Right. How do we connect with them on a more personal level, build relationships and, and dig deeper roots into the community? So the finances are a, a big component of that. I think as we look at heading into 2024, we're starting to look at what it looks like to put programs in place to help that so that we're not just giving money, which again is great, and nonprofits would tell you they need money all the time. So that is a good thing for us to be able to do. But it's really about us locking arms with the community and, and looking for community change um, through relationship that allows us to do that. So that, that's the giving piece of it. And then we also have, um, as part of that, 31,000 and change built into um, savings. And then the operations piece of it, honestly, it's rent. It's, um, it can be worship. It can be uh, programs, things like, it's not worship. Mm -hmm. It's not worship. Me. It's yeah. just, <laughs> um, so it can be anything else that we would have programmatic that would be there on Sunday mornings, that sort of thing. Um, so, I'll, I'll circle back to now why the um, surplus is important. So we, and some of you may know this, I'm not sure all of you may not know this, but some of you may have seen over the past few weeks, there have been, uh, or few months, there have been visitors in here um, from Lidditz Mennonite Church. So we have been working through what it would look like to have a shared space with Lidditz Mennonite Church that would be a more permanent space for us that would allow us um, to further put down roots in the community. And it would also help us from, while Lambs and List Track have been really, really good for us, that space looks a little different in that there's classroom space in the basement that we can use. Um, what I can tell you is that the nature of who we are is not going to change just because we would move spaces. We would still be a connect and gather church. Mm -hmm. So it would still be an every other week situation like we are right now. And then small groups and classes in the off side of that, this would allow us to have space in the basement of the church to continue to do those off week things during the off weeks in church in a more, um, intimate space that gives us kind of our own space within that. And it would become more of a shared, shared um, service space upstairs. So they would be on, on, on our off weeks and vice versa. Um, so why is that important? Well, if we were to make that move and we have gone through this process and we're in the middle of this process and we have another meeting on January 25th to kind of further lay out what that looks like for us, but if we were to do that, we would have a financial investment in that space to make it more what we would need that space to be for us going forward. And the question always comes up, I think, about, well, why would you invest money in a building that's not yours? Well, I'm not sure if you all have seen the real estate market in Lancaster County or Lidditz, <laughs> but there aren't exactly church buildings popping up or any buildings for that matter popping up that we would be able to purchase. And at this point in time, I don't even really feel, and I can, I think, speak for the elder team in saying that it doesn't really even feel like that's where we're being led. Where we're being led is to a community, and if that means that we never buy a space, well then that means that we never buy a space and that we can continue to invest in the community. However, it will be a long-term partnership going forward, whatever that looks like. So we are comfortable investing a certain amount of money into that um, to make that space uh, more usable for, for where we're heading um, going forward. 
So for those of you who don't know, it's on Front Street um, in Lidditz. It is a great, great location. Um, I think it puts us in the heart of where we want to be as a church, and it will allow us to put down those roots that we're talking about so that we, can, we have a place to call home. There's nothing wrong with setup and teardown. You guys are awesome at it. Um, I think we've done really, really well at it so far, but it is there's something to be said about being able to call someplace your home and invite people into that even during the week, right? So it opens up opportunities for us during the week that we may not have now because they have school here during the week. Mm -hmm. So that's really what the financial piece of this looks like um, going forward. I think as Jer talks, um, you'll hear the heart of why those our values are important with relation to what we're talking about here and building relationship and building the kingdom. Um, we always want to be fiscally responsible, but we want to make sure that we are blessing others with what the Lord has blessed this church with. And that looks like gifts and talents as well as finances. So I think as the values come into this, it, it kind of looks at how we mesh the finances into that relational vision of where the church is heading. Um, we don't, you know, we are not 100% perfect in, in the way that we're doing things. We're making an effort to make sure that what you all give to us and to the church and to God's kingdom gets used for exactly that. Amen. And, um, you know, we have conversations along the way of what that looks like. And our goal is to make sure that as you, you hear about these values, those differences bleed through not just in what comes out of our mouth, mm -hmm. but how we invest our financial resources in the kingdom as well. Can you guys get up for Matt? That's amazing. Great job. All right. So a couple of things. First off, um, thank you for being here. Uh, financial updates and those kind of things, conversations, information are not always fun, but they're vital. So early on in our marriage, uh, Nikki and I were very blessed. Nikki keeps track of money because I will spend it all. Okay. That's why we have Matt. That's why we have an elder team. Right. And so early on in our marriage, I was doing student ministry. I loved, loved what I did. Wednesday nights were always student ministry night. We were I was like, it was usually anywhere from a 13 to 16 hour day, but I loved it. But I'd get home dog tired. And almost every night, since I was gone, Nikki would do the budget on Wednesday nights. And she'd come home and she'd be like, we need to talk. And I'd be like, no, I'm tired. I want to go to bed. But it was like, and then she'd be like, but we need to talk about your spending. And I was like, dang it. And I was like, I know I went to do -si -do three times this week. I'm really sorry. Right. It was like, that was my whole marriage for many years. And then finally I was like, I can't, we, any other day, pick any other day, but Wednesday. And so I recognize sometimes finances are not everybody's favorite thing. But what we want you to understand is one, we want to work hard for transparency. We want you to have as much information as possible for you to see these things so that you understand what we're trying to head and how we are working together to be a part of the kingdom. That's what we're after. And so when you see that, and then hopefully you go, well, I'll, yeah, yeah, I trust you. Well, it's great to have trust, but if we can fortify that trust with relationship, then we walk forward into the kingdom and we know what God's doing and where God's calling us to. And so I am super thankful for Matt. I, I'm thankful for the way his brain blinks. I'm thankful for John and Rick and their brains and, and how they continue. And if you know them, they are not people that are yes people. They are people that will have strong opinions. And honestly, it's like, man, okay, you're right. Okay, I got to work on that, right? And so they bring those things to us and we work through them together and go, okay, let's go right? When we fortify them together. So today I'm going to give you a couple pieces of information. And I understand this isn't always exciting, but here's what I want you to do. First thing is get out your phones and I want you to look up Let It Spend a Night real quick. Look it up. Seriously. I want you to do it because I want to answer a couple questions for you. Okay. Google it, whatever you knew. I don't know what you use, but look it up. If you're not sure, everybody's like, where is that? I don't think I understand. So if you're coming out of Appalachian Brewing Company, right? Your back is the Appalachian Brewing Company. You would turn right. There's a four-way intersection. It's kind of crazy because there's an old church on one corner. And then opposite of that old church is Lydith Mennonite. Most of us wouldn't see it. Uh, there's a large tree in front of it. Um, there's a large parking lot attached to it. 
but most of us probably drive by and go, oh, oh, and it just kind of disappears. As you look at the image, it is small, but it's not as small as you think, right? I'd liken it to myself, right? I'm only 5'8", but I got a lot of excitement to me, okay? It is many levels. It's got plenty of room for us to grow into. Um, that is well-maintained, but it also needs some updating, okay? So we've been in this discussion for a couple months now, and I want to explain quickly how we got here so that you can understand the heart in this, okay? Because this is not us acquiring them. This is not a merger. This is none of this sort. Instead, what this is, is they actually reached out to us through relationship and said, hey, we're not sure where we're going as a church, but we understand what God is doing. We love and want to mimic some of the things that you are doing at 717, and we want to see what a relationship looks like. So they came to us. It, I, we've, I've been in many conversations, meetings, and all that kind of stuff, and they go, we want you to have our building first, third, and fifth Sundays. We're going to rent it from them, but what church says that? And so then this heart behind all of this is going, our goal is to not live just in a building. If anything I want you to hear, if the whole point of 717 is the church is you wherever you're at. And so when you leave from any building, we want you to know you are the church going and being the church wherever you're at. When you go to work, you are a part of the church. You are a part of the kingdom. When you're around family, praise the Lord. You're part of the body, right? When you're, whatever you're doing, you are a part of the church. We don't beg people to come here. Instead, we believe that God is here. We're going to worship together. We're going to fill ourselves up so that we can go and be on mission as we walk out of this place. That's what we're after. And so our model is difficult, right? Our model is different than most people. And we are not saying we're better. We're saying this is how God is going to continue to press us and call us to more of him. So I got to give you a couple pieces of information. I'm going to start with Lydit's Mennonite, and I've got one or two things more, and then we're going to walk through it, okay? So this is an opportunity to feel out a relationship that help us put roots down, just like Matt said, in our community and also do kingdom work as they seek what the Lord has for them. They're trying to see where God has for them, we are also doing the same. This is an opportunity to share resources and to walk forward into the kingdom. Uh, we're at early stages. The kids team is at work. Uh, we have a kids team meeting there on a Sunday night, feeling out the process on how to make this thing work. How does it look for our kids? How do we make sure that our kiddos have an incredible experience as we continue to add pieces to our kids' ministry? Um, and like I said, this is not an acquisition or a merger. It is best viewed as a part of the kingdom helping to set our feet in the community as we seek out where God wants us. We are renters building a relationship to see what Jesus wants to do. Okay? The blessing in all of this is we don't have to do anything. We are not tied to this. This doesn't mean we're going to be here forever. We're saying, okay, God, is this something that you brought to our table and we get to be a part of? And I'm thankful that we have strong leadership in our kids team, in our elder board that goes, we don't have to do this, but we're going to see what God has for us. Okay. So if you have any questions about this, I would love the opportunity to talk about it. There's nothing to hide. There's nothing I'm completely sure of. Instead, this is going, we'll give you as much information as we can. Okay. Number two, uh, John and Laura, Pastor John. John has been with us to the beginning. Uh, John will be preaching the third Sunday, the next time we gather. And as a part of that, uh, John will also explain kind of, we talked about the crazy story of John's life in the last year. Uh, if you don't remember, some of you aren't sure. John um, had a heart attack in August of this past year. They revived him 16 different times. And we were like, the story is absolutely incredible. I was driving down to Philly with Pastor Rick and we didn't know if John was going to be alive. And so we got there and we're like, so, and they're like, um, let me find him, I think. And then they, like we found him as Laura literally came down the steps. We all hugged each other and cried because John's alive. God, <laughs> and, and the whole story is incredible. And so John's going to be preaching a one-off Sunday of what God has done in his life through this, what God has taught him. And also he's going to talk about the fact that this is a, uh, this is a moment where John and Laura are going to step back from eldership 
and step into what God has for them. So they're still figuring it out. Uh, when I talked to him on Thursday and I told him I'm going to explain this to him, again, he was going to be here, but he got those sweet tickets, so we can't be mad at him. Um, but he was like, if you need to, make sure that they hear, I will talk to anybody. If you have any questions of why they're stepping back in leadership, John welcomes them. Okay, John and Laura, they welcome them and they want you to hear it. He'll be here next Sunday. He'll be sharing. So we have a shift in our elder team as we're moving forward. Uh, I think the end of January was when he'll be transitioning off the board. They'll still be a part of us. They'll still be here. But there's that opportunity. If you have any questions, I encourage you, go ask John and Laura. Okay, so one, let us Mennonite. Two, a budget. Three, John and Laura. This is a doozy of a day, okay? With that, we uh, next Sunday, if you're new here or if you're still trying to figure out why this matters, we will have, I will be teaching the second and fourth Sundays on our values. We will be here right in this little room right here. We'll be set up. We'll walk through them together. It's a chance to ask questions, figure it out, say, man, I beg for you to ask me questions because I can't remember or think of everything. So we invite you in. Come next Sunday right here if you're not sure. If you have a group already set up and you want to come, just come. Okay, it's a great opportunity to ask some questions and hear kind of where we're headed as a church. Okay, all right. How's everybody doing? That's a lot of information. Yeah, good. Hey, Jenna's, I got a clap from Jenna. That's right. Uh, yes, which reminds me, uh, student ministry. Um, we have a, believe a semi-team ready to get ready, get student ministry rolling. So Momentum will be a big youth conference. You're going to start hearing about that. Jenna's also clapping. Uh, and our heart is to start to gather uh, our students two times a month, starting in the month of February. And I will get you information on that as soon as possible. Okay? So, a lot going on. Buckle up. 2024 is going to be a doozy. Okay? All right. Take a deep breath. Everybody exhale. Good. That's good. I'm going to read the verses to you. Uh, Matthew 28. And we just did this. We use this as a part of our setting up the standard for Christmas. Uh, is going, at the end of the day, the Great Commission is what we're called to be. We as believers in Christ, this is what we are supposed to be doing day in and day out. Okay? Doesn't mean every minute of every day, but as an arching thought process. This is what we're supposed to be doing. Verse 16, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. If you have your Bibles out, I encourage you to underline that last part, right? There is no better sentence that you can hear in your life. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. No matter what circumstance, no matter what thing you're doing, no matter where you're at, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And if you're taking notes, this is the truth of where we're at in three simple words. We have to submit, we have to obey, and we have to go. Every, every part of our lives, submit to who the king is, obey him when he tells us to do something, and go. I struggle with all three of those things because they're telling me what to do, right? Submission, obedience, and direction. This past year has been incredible. I think if you remember back a year ago, uh, I was likened the start of 717 to that point in Home Alone. Everybody seen Home Alone? He just made the mac and cheese and then the clock struck nine and he's like, it's go time. Which somebody brought up, they're like, who starts the mac and cheese that close to the time he knew they were coming? I don't know. But that's how I felt a year ago of going, okay, it's about the time to do this. We'll see what God has for us. And then we sit here a year later and see a financial update that makes no sense for a church startup. We have people sitting here who are all different walks of life, all different spaces in life. Some that are, man, life is going really well. And some that, man, these moments are struggling and we're walking through this and we're tying relationship together. Submit, 
obey and go. I want you to hear our vision and our mission. As followers of Jesus, and this is right on our website, our mission is found in Matthew 28. It's the Great Commission. Go and make disciples. It's what we're supposed to be doing. And Mark 12, 30 to 31, love God and love others. Go and make disciples, love God, love others. For 717 Church specifically, our mission is to be a community of people that seeks to live out God's word, what it calls us to daily. Let me say that again. Our mission is to be a community of people that seeks to live out what God's word calls us to daily. Guys, it's really hard to live out God's word daily because it calls all of us to the table, every part of us. Every single piece of us is required by our Savior. And what I've realized is the older I got that we maybe don't always love when God asks for all of us. We give pieces of him or ourselves to him. But when he asks for all of us, it's really difficult. There's things I want to hold on to. There's pain that I don't think can be fixed. There's situations that I don't even know how he would move in. And so I don't. But our mission is to be a community of people that seeks to live out what God's word calls us to daily. And our vision is to see lives and communities changed by Jesus as we live in the very places he calls us to, just like he would. I'm a firm believer that the mission and vision of all churches is the same. Every single church has the same goal. If they call Jesus Savior, that's their mission. The specific values, though, that we go after is what creates the beauty of variety in the body of Christ. Right? So our values separate how we want to go after, how we think God's calling us to. Okay? So I've got three easy thoughts for you. But all of them, all of the things are to bring Him glory. Number one, our values call us to a lot. Our values call us to a lot. We start with, uh, Jaden, can you put our values up when you get a chance? Yep, perfect. Worship King Jesus with our lives. Without getting wordy, you could easily put entire lives there. Learn and live God's word as we journey with others. Many of us come from an educational mindset when it comes to church. We've learned a lot, but we struggle, if you're like me, to actually live it out on the day-to-day basis. And that's why our model is partially the way it is, is that when we learn stuff one Sunday, the hope is to go try to live it out that next week and then meet that next week with people that you know love and care for you and believe in you and they're going to pour into you and they're going to ask how your week went and they're going to ask you how you did and you're going to ask and go, man, I, I messed this up this week. There's people I know that God called me to this week and I failed. And then you're going to experience grace and mercy and love unlike anywhere else with the hope of going, all right, let's go get it. So we learn something and the hope is that in the next week you're going to seek to apply it and then come back together as a local body, people you can be close with because we can't be close in this setting. We can say, hi, how you doing? Good. But to engage each other in a way that goes, how's it really going? I know about your review last week at work. How was that? I know that person is driving you crazy. Or you know what? It's the holiday. You're going to see some family. Did you punch anybody this week? It's only funny because it happened at my house. <laughs> yeah. All right. It's true. No, we didn't punch anybody. Clay lines down in Baltimore are a whole different breed. Our values call you call us to a lot. The plague of the church is not the cultural issues of today. The plague of the church is not cultural issues of today. Instead, it's the short-sighted view of our God. 
The church does not have a problem with the cultural issues. It's a short-sighted view of obedience to God. Even though we claim to follow him, and if you're like me, there's some weak attempts on obedience. If we call ourselves to anything other than full obedience to Jesus, we missed it. Wrecking our kingdom, which is the one that sticks out the most to me, wreck our kingdom to build his, does not mean poverty. It means taking inventory of everything that he has given us and use that for his glory. Wrecking our kingdom to build his means my entire life I've got to put on the altar and let him use for his glory. That means the good stuff, finances, houses, having people over is wrecking your kingdom because it's culturally weird to have people over to your house. Using your money to invest into the local community. Wrecking our kingdom does not mean poverty. It means taking inventory of everything that he has given us and use it for his glory. Number one, our values call us to a lot. Number two, our model is slightly unorthodox. Anybody else like me still trying to remember what Sunday it is? It's okay. I'm with you. Right? So communication is a big deal. Our model is slightly unorthodox. We understand it and we agree and we grasp it. That's why there's grace. Right? I would actually argue, though, that this is probably more close to the first century church that everybody wants to be than other places. Because we're going to continue to invest in small gatherings, in small spaces that people can be encouraged in, as opposed to just constantly doing an educational mindset. We come and consume, and then we leave. This is difficult to do what we're asking us to do. Showing up at somebody's house that you might not know to be in a group. Yep, that's difficult. Showing up at somebody's house and putting your life on discussion. Yep, that's difficult. The problem is the other way, it's what everybody else is doing. Instead, this is calling us to go, I'm going to press you. The same press I want on my life is what I'm asking of you is going, this is going to be hard. Man, I just wish I knew the schedule every Sunday. Yes, you do. I agree. We're going to work really hard to communicate. But this is unorthodox for a reason, so we don't get in a rut. Our model is slightly unorthodox. We gather to hear God's word, worship in him in a corporate setting, then connect the next week to encourage each other to more of him in real-time situations that we all live in. Number three, and this is what this is all about, relationship towards Jesus. In our verses today, we have 11 of the 12 disciples who just witnessed the brutal trial and death of their leader, his burial, and this crazy thing where he comes out of the grave called the resurrection. Listening to those words for a second, death, burial, resurrection. They just saw all of that, and yet they doubted. Fear abounds in their hearts. Yet Jesus does what he does best. He takes their fears and says, you need to go. You need to go. The situations that you're working through, the situations that you're going through, he's got you. And the truth of all of this is that, man, we've been very blessed in this past year. This is working because of who you are, because your willingness to invest in this. And on the way out, you'll be handed a paper that's got some stats on it, got some numbers on it. But I always get nervous about numbers because I don't want you to hear manipulation. I want you to understand we are a part of the kingdom. Right? The opportunity we have to hear God's work, God's word one week and worship him together, then go out and do it. That's what he calls us to. And I think our model is difficult. It produces, you have to want to be in. It's not an exclusive club, but you have to want to do it. It gets harder and harder when you're only here first and third Sundays 
because you're going to go, I'm missing something. I recognize it. The hope is to press us in all the most loving, grace-filled ways to more of Jesus. We are in the kingdom, submitting our lives to the king, trying to live out his word, or we're hiding as Christians. We are in the kingdom, submitting our lives to the king, trying to live out his word, or we are hiding. So I'm going to walk through a couple sentences for you, and I want to just lay this out. Believers need other believers to do what the Bible calls us to. Believers need other believers to do what the Bible calls us to. We need as the church to stop being fake and start living the power he has given us in the Great Commission. We need to stop being piously right. And what I mean by that is those like myself who often act right and start pointing to the one who taught us who is right. There's a difference. We as believers must grow in showing grace, mercy, and love that is countercultural. My niece this past week, was she's 26 in Baltimore, and she sent me a screenshot of her devotional and said, why do I have to be nice to my enemies? We have to be, nice is a funny word, but the point is, it is countercultural to live the way Jesus calls us to. To heap love, grace, and mercy on someone who is trying to be your enemy is the only way to speak Jesus to those around us. For those that don't know Jesus yet, they need believers that show up in their lives and won't leave at the first sign of trouble. People who don't need, know Jesus yet need believers that show up in their lives and won't leave at the first sign of trouble. They need men and women of faith praying over them, praying with them, all for God's glory. People who don't need know Jesus yet need grace and mercy and love, just like we do, that points them to Jesus. And so in 2024, we will develop ministries for our kids and students. We will find ways to serve and love our community in the name of Jesus. We will continue to ask every single week for you and me to take a step of faith every time. We will pour into group leaders so that we're more effective in helping us fulfill the Great Commission by going and making disciples. But hear this. Jesus says, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Here in this body, he is with his people. The friends of ours whose marriages are almost over, he's with you. He's with you as you step in with them. For those of us who can't handle one more thing, he is with you. as you step in and be an encouragement to them. For our friends who have that, that want a baby so bad, he's with you as you step in and show the love of Jesus. For our friends who that cancer diagnosis came back, he is with you as you step in and show the love of Jesus. The unrelenting pounding that 2023 is for many of us. He is with you as you step in and show the love of Jesus. For the marriages that have had more hard days than good, he is with you as you step in and show the love of Jesus. Guys, this is not about a Sunday morning thing. This is an opportunity for us to decide, I'm going to do what the Bible calls me to. It's not us. It's not 717. It's God's word played out in our lives. That's the hope. That's the direction. That's what we're going to do. Our hope is step into a group. Not to be in a group, but to be real to have people 
you know how many people I know that I meet on the regular that have no people? No one. Scared like crazy to open up. It's not about us. It's not about 717. It's about what Jesus calls us to. So our hope this year is that you hear Jesus, that we encourage and pour into that, and that we infer and, and affirm the truth of the gospel and how it's playing in your life, and that you are not by yourself. Every day you are with the King. Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. So every time we finish and the hope today is going, okay, God, it's been a year. What do I do? This thing's crazy what these people are trying to accomplish. Okay. But every time we finish a time together, we ask ourselves a couple questions. And so I'm going to give, put those up here for me, Jaden. Is sometimes in this process, as we're walking through this, we have to ask questions of ourselves of, okay, how did I get here? What, is, what does that mean? So number one, how have you formulated your views on what church is? If you're like me, many of us have formulated our views of church based off of preferences, not actually what scripture calls us to. Okay? Formulated my views on, man, I like this, but I don't like this. That's okay. Preferences aren't bad. But sometimes our preferences rule our life. So number one, how have you formulated your views of what church is? They might not be bad, but it's worth the question. Number two, what areas does the Spirit need to work in you so that we are the church all the time? Okay, so a great example. Every Tuesday, I go and meet with somebody. It drives me crazy. I'm making this up, okay? In case I meet with you on a Tuesday. Every Tuesday, I go meet with somebody. If it's out of who I am, I'm going to be frustrated. Why aren't they moving? Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they? I'm a part of the body. The king's with me. I'm going to text somebody to, encourage, to ask for some encouragement and prayer as I go and meet with this person. Number three, who are the people that have helped you grow in your faith? Are you doing the same for everyone else? Maybe not everyone, maybe someone else. I am a product of men in the church who did not know me standing up and investing in me because that's what God called them to. Many of us have people in our lives who have invested in us and the plague of the church along with a short view of God is busyness. We have very little time for anybody else especially if it requires some kind of work. Who are the people that have helped you grow in your faith? Are you doing the same for everyone else? And last, we always believe. We say, maybe those questions don't mean something to you. That's okay. Maybe there's something you're like, ah, I'll work on that or talk about this week. We believe we're a part of the kingdom. And so every week we are going to pray for a local body. Man, that God moves in a mighty way. There's no judgment. There's nothing else than simply going, this is a part of the kingdom. You're a part of the kingdom. That church you drive by, they are not competition. They are a part of the kingdom. And we're going to encourage and be a part of that. And so I'm going to pray. And I encourage you. Normally we'd take a moment or two. We'd kind of process this. We'd come back together and pray. But I want to just hand this to you and go, hey, this is Okay. In the very best ways, we believe that there are many spots for believers to be not only in Lancaster County, but across the world. And so if any time you go, man, I don't know if this is where God has us, I invite that conversation, not because I want you to leave, but because I want to make it easier for us to have healthy conversations. If you dip out and we never talk, I'm sad. I'll find you and I will make us talk. Not because I want it to be awkward, but because I want to bless you. I want to say, go. Find the spot that God has for you. But we as a, one year in going, okay, God, this is yours. This is not mine. We are not the answer. You are. We want to walk towards that. Will you pray with me? Father God, thank you for who you are.
Father, in all the best ways in this past year, people keep asking me how this is going. And I keep answering the same way. This is really good. And I feel bad about saying that sometimes. But it's really hard. And Father, we don't say that out of pity, but we say that because we know you're stretching us. You're stretching us in uh, communication. You're stretching us in diving into each other's lives. You're stretching us to be more like you. So Father, your words in Scripture, even in you're giving this command to go out, and Father, your death and burial and resurrection just happened, and even then, some doubted. So Father, help us. Speak to us in our fears and our worries. Help us to love you a little bit more because we know you're with us. And Father, as we experience things this week and situations come in front of us, help us to find the ways to step in because you are with us. Help us to speak words of grace and mercy and love that call people to truth, not just enable them, but are wrapped around people who love them. So Father, help us today. Thank you for what you have done. We celebrate who you are. And Father, may we step a little bit closer to the King today and in this year. We love you. Thank you. In your name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening and being a part of this community. We hope that today's message helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus and live out what his word is calling you to. Hit the subscribe button below to follow us share with a friend, or leave a review. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do so at 717.church.